Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. I'm joined today by James Davis, who is the founder and CEO of UPAD, um, quoted as being the UK's leading online agent. And James really did develop UPAD out of frustration based on his personal experience of the lettings industry as a landlord of many years, in fact, several decades. He has a philosophy which also serves the majority of UK landlords who either self-manage themselves or use agents for tenant find only services. As we talk about perhaps, you know, the large majority, even 80-20 type of split of the, uh, of the, of the landlord mix in the UK. And he's a literal data bank of statistics and information, uh, which is shared throughout our discussion, which illuminates why we should take notice of changing patterns in our environment, but how we can use technology as a response to these changes as well. There are some great nuggets of how to use alerts to gain insights, how we can cut costs with tenant finding, and some tips on how to create standout with our property listings and marketing as just some of the highlights. So let's have a listen to my conversation with James right now and I'll pick things up again a little later. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Hi there, everyone. Once again, I'm delighted to welcome a really uh, special guest today. It's James Davis, who's uh, CEO of UPAD. James, first of all, hello, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for welcoming me onto your podcast today. No, no, it's uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it, and I'm um, looking forward to the conversation and, and where it might go. We we frame this as talking about systems, apps, and technology and that kind of thing. But I know we might just drift <laughs> from some of the uh, preamble uh, conversation that we had. But I'm, I'm looking forward to where that might drift into. But what what might be useful, James, if you wouldn't mind, is just sort of set the scene a bit. Perhaps a little bit about you and maybe how your background probably sprung into UPAD and what UPAD is. Would you mind just taking us through that for a minute or two? No, absolutely fine. Very, very happy to do so. Um, so after finishing university up at Manchester, um, came back to London where uh, my parents live. Um, I told my mum and dad that I was going to go and buy a house and then I was going to get a job. Um, my mum looked a little bit puzzled. Anyway, I at the time persuaded my bank uh, to lend me the money based on a business plan I did um, just the year before buy to let mortgages came out. Um, and that got me on the road, I suppose, accidentally as a landlord. Um, I let out four rooms uh, in the property as sort of a, a, a sort of a posh student house type basis. Um, I've now built up a portfolio in, in London, uh, northwest London, uh, where I live, and it's where I know, um, and also in Swansea. Um, and I've been a landlord now for about the last 18 years or so. Um, and I think my frustrations of being a landlord is what gave birth to UPAD um, a few years ago, in the sense that... Um, if I was using um, channels to self-serve like Gumtree, I found the quality of the tenants quite poor. Um, I now know that it takes on average four um, Gumtree leads or tenant inquiries uh, to every right move lead to let a property. 
Um, and if I was going to use a traditional agent, whilst I have my own tenancy agreement, and uh, I'd rather do the viewings myself, um, and interestingly, nine out of 10 tenants would rather meet the landlord on a viewing uh, rather than an agent. So put yourself in pole position if you follow down that particular route. Um, I didn't think there was an alternative between those two extremes, and that's that's what gave birth to UPAD um, for being uh, an online agent, um, sort of a resource for landlords who want to self-serve um, in, in a similar capacity to myself. Nice. And so, thank you. It's amazing that you actually managed to persuade the bank to uh, to back your business plan idea. Um, I wonder if we get away with that today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, quite. Great. I think I think it's more about um, how much you spend on Chateau Neuf de Pape rather than um, what the supply of tenants are in your locality. But you know, the market is where it is. What what I do think is interesting though is is I think we're, we're sort of um, professionalising a bit. And I'm sure we'll come on to it in terms of the amount of landlords that are incorporating um, currently. But it used to be the case that um, uh, having debt mortgages through limited companies, there was always quite a massive premium. But, you know, we're seeing the rates for uh, uh, commercial mortgages, um, if, you, if you've got a limited company um, set up, coming more in line to what it is if you let individually now. So um, the market is, is developing in a good way, I think. But, yeah, it is different to what it was. Um, 18, 19 years ago. Yeah, perhaps if I can take that as a bit of a tangent, actually, because obviously we've had a lot, and you know, I know you've spoken about this as well, uh, a lot of uh, legislation thrown at us over the last couple of years, and quite a lot of that legislation, apart from being bureaucratic, has also had a financial bearing uh, on on landlords, uh, notably Section 24, uh, which is starting to bite, but hasn't perhaps, you know, woken everybody up. And that's maybe what's you know partially behind the drive towards incorporation or, or you know setting up a limited company as you suggest. So where I yeah, think, where I think maybe that's um, it, it's not so much to have a moan about it that I wanted to have this conversation. It's more about what what how can we respond, you know, um, as landlord investors and you know UPAD is an example of a response um, to that as in as indeed incorporation is. So are you seeing some trends around? the responses to the, the current environment that we see ourselves in? Yeah, indeed. I think what we all need to bear in mind is that the world is dynamic. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, if you many years ago used to use classified ads in the local newspaper or loot to look for your new tenants, clearly there's been a big shift online um, in terms of tenants, um, you know, 92% of all tenants looking online for their next rental. So that part of the market has changed. Um, clearly, legislation. Um, George Osborne, who's, who's I'm assuming is off everybody's Christmas card list um, this year, um, you know, introducing mortgage interest relief a couple of years ago. Um, what I what I think is important is is this devil in the detail bit. And I suppose just touching on this particular bit, I think what frustrates me, uh, or one frustration I have, is journalists uh, over the last six months, twelve months, have been talking about oh, landlords are all going to incorporate their portfolio. Um, on the back of mortgage interest relief, but it's all the devil in the detail. And you know, I, I'm, I'm a semi-frustrated accountant. But but parking that, if you're taking a, a portfolio or an individual property that's in your sole name and putting it into a limited co, there is a change of ownership, mm -hmm. and that creates a stamp duty um, charge. And we talked a little bit earlier about the fact that rates uh, for for uh, mortgages through a limited company are you know they've come down, but they're still more than what it is as an individual. And so you need to take all these things into consideration, what it means for your 
portfolio and also where you want to go with this. Are you looking to sell off in the next year or two or keep your portfolio for the next 10 or 20 years? And all of these considerations need to be put into that, that melting pot, as it were. And I guess I get frustrated when journalists say landlords are all going to incorporate, which ignores the fact that there's, there's pros and cons to all of this. It isn't necessarily the, the right thing for all landlords concerned, but, but I think it's important that um, in both these examples, mortgage interest relief and, and the effects of, and this drive from tenants looking online now for the next rental, that we adapt to the marketplace we're in and understand what it will mean for us um, in the coming years. Um, you may or may not want to touch on this, but you know, as a, as, a, as a rental market, there's a growth of families looking to rent and there's a growth of singletons renting. Um, what property do we let out? Who, who is that serving? Is that a growing or a shrinking marketplace? Where do we need to adapt? And I think it's important that um, we keep the finger on the pulse on what's happening and apply the ch what these changes mean for our own portfolio and adapt accordingly rather than just doing what we did the year before and the year before that, uh, where I think you're just going to um, fall into, into, into areas of concern um, if, if you put your head in the sand, as it were, on that, um, if that makes sense. It all makes sense to me. I, you know, I have these sorts of conversations, I wouldn't say daily, but very frequently, and people say, should I set up a limited company or something to that effect? Uh, the answer is always, it depends. Um, you know, and by the way, I'm not a tax accountant, so <laughs> I can't give you advice. But, um, you know, just in my own portfolio, for example, I've got such a mixture of different arrangements and ownership structures and future plans and, and backward plans, you know, with properties, you know, uh, it, it's not a one size fits all. But what I do agree totally about is this ability to adapt. And that's part of obviously what we're talking about today is, you know, some of the adaptations, uh, the trends that are coming in. I was curious to hear your views on um, changing tenant profiles with families and singletons. Perhaps we could just take a little drift into that for a second. Um, what, what are we going yeah, to see? I think, hmm. So I think what as landlords need to, you know, and it, it depends where your properties are, uh, what part of the country and so on. But I think one thing that is just useful for a variety of reasons is to understand the space you operate in. So Rightmove and Zoopla, for example, um, both have the ability to create an alert. And, and, and these alerts are generally for tenants and buyers to be kept informed of new properties as they come on, um, on the market. I actually think they're also very useful for us as landlords to understand the locality that we operate in. So in Swansea, for example, I have properties in SA1 and SA5. I have alerts set up for those two postcodes um, for two and three bed um, properties, so I can keep an understanding of what's coming up in my locality, what's happening with pricing, what's happening with the presentation of properties, the quantity of properties that are coming on the market, and so on and so forth. So over the course of a 12-month period, for example, I can have a really good understanding of what's happening, whether it's becoming more uncompetitive, the price is going up, and so on and so forth. And then that will lead into you having an understanding of what's happening in your locality, not just relying on what's, what's being said in the national news, but, but what's, what happens to your particular portfolio. And I think it's really important that we understand what it is happening for our own situation rather than what is just happening in, in, on, a, on a national um, perspective. Um, it's got to be relevant to us. Um, what we all know about is, is that um, the amount of people per household has been going down. Um, we touched on a little bit earlier that there's the, the, the two largest groups of tenants now are singletons um, and, and families. 
and I suppose just a couple of things I'm going to flag on that, with families, over 50% of all families um, have a pet, generally a cat or a dog, yeah. um, which are generally no-goes from a, from a landlord's perspective. Most landlords don't want to let a property with a pet. So use that to your advantage, perhaps. You know, say that you uh, are pet-friendly um, because you're putting yourself in pole position over all the other, or the majority of other properties that aren't going to be pet-friendly. You can protect yourself by taking a higher deposit, ensuring that the property is professionally cleaned afterwards, and so on and so forth. So you, you can protect yourself from it all. Um, you can charge a premium because on a supply and demand perspective, there's a lot of demand from tenants with pets um, as families, but very little supply. So you can take those considerations into account. Um, then on the singleton side of things, um, singletons want their own space. They don't necessarily want shared accommodation um, like, like it was when I started as a landlord um, years ago, as, as we talked about a bit before. But what they want is their own space, less probably concerned about the size of it, but more about having everything in one place. So that being in their own shower room, for example, um, uh, having their own kitchenette, find about using shared um, washing, you know, uh, washing machine facilities and so on and so forth. But um, Wi-Fi in particular will be exceptionally important. Um, and it's not just about saying um, that you have Wi-Fi. It's, it's probably more uh, relevant to say that uh, the speed of the broadband is, is X, Y, and Z. Um, as I think it's given that you have Wi-Fi, it's more about what the speed is. So I think we need to be aware of, of how tenants types are changing and what their needs are and we need to reflect that um i of all my properties in london i actually offer free wi-fi included within the rent now i may or may not charge a, a premium for that but when you're advertising a property to say that um free wi-fi included um and, and unlimited and, and it's you know it's fast you're putting yourself in pole position over all other properties because um much to my wife's um uh, annoyance wi-fi is, is essential and yet we move into a new property, the gas, the water, the electricity is all functioning, but it can take several months to get your, your internet up and running. And if the average tenancy in the UK now is about 15 months, it's quite easy for a, for a big proportion of that tenancy taken up, getting Wi-Fi sorted out and making all those phone calls to suppliers to get them up and running. Um, I'm using that to my advantage by making it available free of charge, um, as it were, on, on day one uh, and, and making my properties more appealing than, than, than others in the marketplace. So maybe that part is, is sort of food for thought um, for everybody listening today. Totally agree. And I think, you know, you've come at this, uh, what, I, what I like about you, what you just said is you've come at it really from the benefits angle. So how can I use this to my advantage? How can I make this appealing to the tenants, this sort of thing? But where the, the input to that is, is using technology as your research tool. So you talked about setting up alerts, search result, uh, alerts in, in, the, in the portals. So you know, everyone's used to using the portals. Um, and obviously, it's a case of perhaps playing as if we're the tenant. So set up a search um, criteria as if we're the tenant to find out what's going on in our locality. I really like that as a tip. Um, by the way, just exactly. a go on. I was going to say just a bit of a tip. Um, uh, to, to you, Pat, in preparation for this, I've got a, I've got a, um, a property where the tenants just served notice. Uh, they've been with me uh, a lot longer than your average, actually. Um, they've been really good tenants, but they're moving on. They've outgrown the space uh, and they're just moving on. Um, so they served notice. So I, I noticed you've got a little rental calculator. So I had a little play with that. 
and um, it's quite handy that you've just given me a, a minimum, a maximum, and an average uh, for my postcode area. And by the way, it's pretty accurate. So um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we've actually built a few calculators actually because um, uh, yes, there's ones that you know fit for calculating your rent, but here's an interesting one. We just we talked about this earlier. We we, we built a calculator that uh, calculates what the effect of mortgage interest relief will be over the four years that this comes into play. And the reason being um, is there was so much, as we talked earlier about uh, journalists saying landlords need to incorporate, but unless you actually understand what it means for you, i.e. Um, if you put in what your, your mortgage amount is, what your interest rate is, it will calculate what your additional tax will be for each of the four years that this um, new change comes into play. Um, you can access it by going to our, our homepage and, and, and scrolling down towards the bottom. Um, uh, it's probably the easy way, but we'll, we'll send a link out um, uh, for, for this calculator to, to go with this podcast um, mm. afterwards. But um, the point of generating this is to understand whether that effect is going to you know, be a £200 additional charge, or if it, at the other end of the spectrum, um, if you have a 75% loan-to-value mortgage, it is likely um, your entire profit is going to be wiped out by the time that this tax change comes fully into play. And my, my concern here is a lot of surveys that landlords have been involved in, not just ours, but through the National Landlord Association and so on, a lot of landlords feel they're just going to cover this increased cost by increasing their rent. Um, but I feel this is a different opportunity compared to, say, when the price of oil increases, petrol at the pump increases. And what I mean by that is if you were to increase your rent by £20 a week to cover this tax charge, where I think you're going to fall over is the fact that every other landlord in the UK doesn't have any debt. Um, only 50% approximately of all landlords have mortgages. So the next property that's available can carry on charging the same rent. And in effect, what you'll end up doing is pricing yourself out of the market, driving higher void periods as you try and reclaim this additional cost through higher rent. So um, these calculators, for example, are useful to give you an understanding about what the effects will be. But don't just assume, oh, I'll just pass that cost on to my tenants because it could have a detrimental effect on your um, competitiveness in the market. Why would somebody rent your property if it's you know, 10% more than others that are similar in your locality? Um, just, just be aware of the effects of, uh, of, of things like this, as an example. Yeah, so I'm quite, I'm, you know, we use it. We're, we're now plugging some technology resources which can act as prompts and inputs to help us make better decisions. And that's another example. And the, the one of the spin-offs that you talked about, the, the potential solution to mortgage interest relief being taken away, particularly for high rate taxpayers, as you, you know, and 75% loan to value. Uh, high, high loan to value sort of um, uh, investors is is that you know we have to respond to to that but and maybe putting the rent up as you say is not is not even possible one because of the com competition but second of all uh, and I know we you might want to talk about this a little bit is about affordability um, can the tenant afford the increase you know so all very well to say well slap twenty pounds a, a month or a week or whatever on the rent but can they afford to pay it and are we stockpiling a, um, a problem for ourselves if we if we just adopt that approach? Um, I think this is a really uh, interesting area and I think it's going to be um, one of the biggest issues that affects all of us Richard, as, as, as landlords um, going forward and what I mean by that is the uh, proportion of someone's take-home pay is going on rent is, is on a national level is approximately 34 um, percent. Interestingly 
uh, for those of us with mortgages, um, the average amount that we spend on our mortgages is 18% of, of people's take-home pay. So um, it's already substantially more that goes on rent uh, than, than, uh, uh, than if you've got a mortgage. But there is this sort of um, point where it is advised that your tenant's rent makes up no more than 30, possibly 40% of their take-home pay. The second you, uh, are, it becomes more of that, their affordability um, goes into question. So we're already at that point where we're, we're at the top end of it from an affordability perspective. We know that rents are increasing at a faster rate to um, salaries. Um, uh, we know that some landlords are going to sell up because of mortgage interest relief, which further drives supply and demand out of equilibrium, which again will drive rental values up at a faster rate. So you're almost fueling that that uh, a percentage going way over 40% by adding more onto it to cover your higher costs. And I think the big area for us as landlords is that simply lead to greater rent arrears, um, which is a much bigger problem. Um, I'd much rather have an empty property than a, than a bad tenant or somebody who's not paying me. Um, and we know last year rent arrears were affected about 30% of all UK landlords. And I think this is going to be the biggest area of concern for us as as landlords going forward, um, that the, this idea that we can just add cost onto a higher rent, I think, um, is, is very naive and will create a much bigger issue for us further down the line. I'm happy to sort of explore this more, but I think rent arrears uh, um, uh, is, is, is a really big issue. I, I would much rather uh, be, be receiving 80% of what the maximum rent is I could than, than having a few properties that uh, tenants just simply can't afford it and we have to go through the whole eviction process. Yeah, I do think it's a big area and um, you know, just trying to think of the links back to the core of what we're talking about because uh, I will probably ask you about uh, app systems and technology more directly but we're kind of touching it around the edges and I just wondered if there are ways in which we can keep abreast of that. I don't know what you do yourself, James. Uh, I, I look at sort of average salaries and uh, and average rents and have a kind of a, a, kind of a rough you know, this is more, it's not by property, it's by area type of thing, you know, view. I don't know if you've got another way of doing that, but I think yeah. stretching affordability is definitely a hot topic and, and, a, and a, 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 an area to watch out for. It is, and, and, and whilst, you know, companies like Experian, um, Equifax are starting to build up a better understanding of, of, of tenants' financial profile in terms of rent and uh, being paid on time, being included within their, their credit referencing. Um, we're still a long way away from an automated or tech solution um, that allows us to have a solid understanding of our, our tenants' financial profile. I think that's partly because the market's become more complicated. So uh, we are in a world where um, most people have unsecured debt of some description. Um, the average household has nearly £10,000 in unsecured debt, be that credit cards or, or, or personal loans. Um, that, that can obviously affect somebody's affordability. Um, they, they may be paying 30% of their take-home pay on rent, but if they've got a, you know, at the top end of the amount of unsecured uh, debt on their, on their, on their, on their uh, financial um, roadmap, um, that can have a detrimental effect on their affordability, but it doesn't necessarily show it up. Um, we are all in this world of 
you know, £10 a month going on Netflix and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, the, the Ubers and so on, where we don't physically hand out money for, for services or goods that we're buying, um, which is, you know, makes it a lot easier, but it also probably encourages us to spend money. Um, there's, there's various people I, I've, I've, we've, we've done focus groups with that spend a huge proportion of their, their, their salary on, on um, services and goods they're just not simply paying for, you know, the deliveries, the Ubers, the Netflix of this world. And I guess where I'm going with this is, is to actually understand your, your potential tenants' financial um, view. I'm struggling how one does that unless, unless you actually see the last three months bank statements because it's become far more complicated and there isn't sort of a, a one-stop shop where you can um you know it's, it's, it's almost like their bank statements being scanned in at one end and out the other it it it, it, it says that their affordability is um poor medium or good um which which is where i'd like it to go to but i guess it's become far more complicated uh, which is which is hampering technology having a role to play in that particular bit where well, we are seeing um the, the experience of this world, including rent, uh, in, into people's uh, credit profiles, which is which is positive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think I think the uh, credit profile thing will be interesting. But uh, my immediate thought on that, by the way, was that um, only the, the the absolutely A1 payers will volunteer to uh, to have rent shown on their profile. They may not have a choice at some point, but I think um, if it's voluntary, you know, it's only going to be the A1 credit rating people who. Who, who get uh, sh shown up, and of course, people who've got a bit more of a flaky financial past might not uh, get their, their information displayed. But well, here's, here's the thing: when you're when you're doing uh, viewings on a property, maybe there's five people interested in it. You're you're almost picking somebody based on their gut feel factor, what rent they're offering, whether they seem nice, and 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 and, and so on. But what you're not aware of is their, their um, credit rating and whether they've got CCJs until you've particularly chosen one. It can be the case then that uh, you know maybe there was somebody else with a with a better score or a better affordability. Um, so I think where where I see technology having a role to play is that when we get inquiries from tenants, um, it's not just a, a quantity thing; it's a quality. And I would much rather only have tenants inquiring about my properties that I know that can actually afford it. They've all always been pre-screened uh, from an affordability perspective, not just a, a, a two-minute chat on the phone. Uh, um, and, and I think that would be an interesting area to, to see where things go to. Totally agree. And the whole tenant referencing, you know, landscape can play a part in that. Instead of, as you say, being after the event and, and being uh, chargeable services and this sort of thing, if we can streamline the process and make it make it a sort of a, a low cost, you know, search criteria, that would be handy for all of us. Um, what, I, what I did want to do is perhaps, uh, can I maybe... Just I had in my head that when I was going to talk to you, James, that we maybe have like uh, maybe one or two avatars that we could talk about. So obviously, UPAD is targeted at um, landlords who can who don't mind or are happy to do their own viewings. And you know, one of the responses to the uh, increased cost base that we will face over the next couple of years and are starting to already is to is to reduce the costs. You know, of our service so you could increase rent you could incorporate you could you know there's various things you could do and one of them of course is to reduce costs now my understanding is that you know your offering enables people to perhaps address that reducing the cost angle but uh, in addition to reducing costs by you know not having branches and this sort of thing you could equally you don't you don't as far as i'm aware at least you don't undertake the viewings you, this really the landlord's domain is it so 
where I'm going with it, I am going somewhere, is that if we've got this landlord who's happy to do their own viewings and perhaps an element of self-management, what sort of app systems and technology could they potentially leverage this particular um, avatar of landlord? Okay, so there's a couple of things there that are worth covering off. I think, first of all, the vast majority of UK landlords do viewings themselves. Um, half of all UK landlords self-serve using sites like Gumtree or, or, or what have you and, and do it. Um, uh, and the other half of landlords that use an agent, the vast majority is, is a let-only basis rather than fully managed. And uh, we know that over 40% of all tenant inquiries come outside of normal office hours, yet most traditional agents are only open nine to five. So there's a, a imbalancement there in terms of uh, when well, traditional agent is available for viewings um, and when tenants are wanting to. So the landlord is getting involved because it's an evening and weekend thing um, rather than during, during office hours, which isn't rocket science, I would have thought, to anybody. Um, you, you've had this very much a resource for landlords to self-manage. You can pick and choose much as much as you want. If you just want to advertise your property on Rightmove and Zoopla, which is where 92% of all tenants are looking for the next rental, that, that's fine. And you know, we charge £120, um, and that's all, and away you go. Um, but I think we're very much this resource, and, I, and, and just a couple of statistics on, on, on this, is that um, UPAD is, on average, a third of the cost of a traditional agent, and yet we successfully let a third more properties um, than the traditional high street agent. Um, so there's a far more uh, of an effectiveness um, in, in, in UPAD and at a much lower cost. So what we try and do is take landlords on a journey where um, if you just want us to advertise, that's fine. If you want us to do all the paperwork for you because you're unsure about whether uh, saying no pets uh, in your tenancy agreement is legally um, permissible, which, which it isn't incidentally, we, we will do that for you. But it's almost a, an a la carte menu. You choose the bits that you, that you want to and we will help you through the journey. Um, and there's various alerts that we have set up at this end to help you. Um, and I suppose one I'll just finish on is that as a landlord, and because of the way the market operates, in that most tenants have these alerts and right moving uh, Zoopla set up, as, as we talked about earlier, being useful resources for us landlords. And what that means is that as a landlord, when you put your property on the market, you will get approximately a third of all of your inquiries in the first 48 hours um, that a property goes live. Um, what that means is, is we will have some understanding, therefore, within 48 hours about whether you're going to let your property um, or not. Because if you've only had two inquiries in that time frame, um, it's unlikely that you're going to let it and we'll, we'll help you uh, improve the standout factor in your property to ensure that that occurs. So there's an example where you're using data and uh, some you know, rules effectively to predict outcomes. So uh, that's a, uh, obviously a technological advance. What, what I was thinking with the question was, um, obviously, uh, UPAD is there, but so this avatar, um, they, they're going to perhaps use something like U, UPAD, and by the way, other online agents are available, I have to say that, as you probably appreciate. Um, but then, the, in addition, they, they've got property management, let's say. So a traditional letting agent might offer a full package of tenant find and property management. But are you aware, and I'm pretty sure you are, of any technological um, tools that people, that landlords could use for property management? Yeah, so, so there's quite a few companies out there now that have apps or platforms for um, dealing with maintenance requests. So um, as a landlord, as I'm sure everybody listening knows that 
on average, we get five um, instances of, of, of repairs during the course of a year. And the majority of those are to do with gas or electrical repairs. Um, and there's various tools out there that uh, can improve the communication between you and your tenants or your agents and your tenants. Um, and you know, there's a few I can, I can mention, but the, the bit being is, if there's just a better way of you being informed that the boiler pressure is, 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 is below one bar, for example, I would question, like, so what? Um, I, I, my tenants communicate with me through SMS or WhatsApp or email or calling me. Why do I need another one that can um, help in that particular bit? The tricky bit that nobody yet has answered is, is, a, is a cradle to grave solution where it's not just about the reporting of that boiler repair, but actually getting it fixed as well. And it's almost like I don't need yet another system for my tenants to communicate with me. I have enough um, means on my computer, for example, for tenants to reach out. Um, I don't need yet another one. And, and I suppose where I'm going is, is, is I think the rental market is quite complicated compared to sales, um, especially to do with repairs and so on. And therefore, I think this, this, um, the quantity of tech that is involved in, in the rental space is un, un, unfortunately quite low. Um, and, and those where there is some tech, it, it's almost that easy bit of just reporting faults better, which I'm like, so what? Um, you know, you can send photos through WhatsApp and mm. FaceTime to see whether, you know, to look at some leaking guttering, for example. Um, uh, so, so, so I think unfortunately, um, uh, uh, from my perspective, I think it's still a manual process and we still need that bank of, of, of professionals around us um, to help manage our business on a day-to-day -day basis rather than having an end-to-end tech platform. I'm aware of some technologies as well um, that allow us to do that. but um, and. and Mark Trump's going to kill me when I say this because he's also going to be a guest on the podcast. He already is. So it's just I haven't re released it yet. But um, I, I have an agent who uses his technology, which is Arthur. And I've got a tenant who uh, I communicate with directly on WhatsApp. Um, so we have a direct communication already. He can show me photos, video, etc., of issues in the property. And, and, and I'm just saying, listen, you need to kind of follow the system with the agents and, and report that, et cetera. And he said, well, they keep sending me this thing. I have to report all maintenance issues through through Arthur, but I, I don't know how to do that. And I don't really want to do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I, I a lot of the tools that are out there. A lot of the tools that are out there. So even from an accounting perspective, you know, there's all these um, yeah. solutions for managing our portfolio better, they're plugged into Sage and all the rest of it. And it's just like, Jesus, the vast majority of landlords don't even put stuff into, into Excel in terms of running things as a P&L account. Um, that doesn't mean we need to go completely the end degree as if we're running a multinational um, organization with various subsidiaries. Um, there's, there's no, um, there's a real lack, I think, of use, usable resources that actually fit to what landlords actually want in today's age um, and and picking up on what you said do, doing FaceTime on a, with, with my builder in Swansea on on some guttering that was leaking or some tiles that had fallen off works absolutely perfectly and I can get a really good vibe and it works so much better than all of these other apps and tools that are out there I, I'm still um, 
for my own portfolio operating in that capacity rather than um, uh, using resources like Arthur, for example. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to, it's probably unfair to, to on Mark and Co, so sorry Mark, to, to pick on one particular technology. But I think just, you know, there is this technology called WhatsApp and, you know, it, it's free. And it's been, it hasn't been with us a long time, but it's incredibly useful. Yeah. And a lot of people, and especially tenants like it because it's free and it's easy to use, etc. So it uh, serves us well with as a communication tool. So we've got instant feedback. Um, the I'm curious about what you said because you're obviously in London. You've got property in Swansea. So with uh, with your model, um, how do you do your viewings in Swansea? Um, so, so to be fair, I live in Northwest London, quite close to Paddington. So it's it's dead easy to get the train from from, from uh, Paddington to, to to Swansea. Um, uh, I have a small building firm um, that that works for me down there that looks after things on a day to day basis. Um, but I think. It's important that all the tenants know me. Um, you know, one of them emailed me this week to apologise that rent was going to be a day late um, because their pay was. But you know, they, I, they all know who I am. Um, I go down there, um, you know, several times a year, um, and and I, I'm the direct report, as it were. They I then forward things on to, to builders to fix as and when. Um, but, I, but I'm still active um, within within that bit, and you can you can work on the train. So. Um, outside of it doesn't sort of necessarily bother me. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, that's a certain ethos that you have. Um, I, for example, uh, I've got properties in four countries, so it's not quite so easy to you know do what you do. So I you rely actually on local support quite a lot. Um, but have you heard of a service called Viewer? <laughs> um, interestingly, Ed has just emailed me. We've been having a bit of a, a chat about um, opportunities there. I think what we need to remember is that the, the vast majority of UK landlords self-managed. They, they're still actively involved in some or all of the entire process. It's a very small percentage of properties in the UK that are fully managed. It's generally more institutional play and also sort of prime London. Um, and, and certainly wearing my UPAD hat, what we need to make sure is any services that we offer, um, any products and any tools like calculators we, we mentioned earlier on, re are, are built and, and put forward based on who landlords are in the UK. And of course there are some like like yourself, where you, you know you, you can't travel around four different countries uh, on a on a quarterly basis to do inspections, um, but I think it's important we remember who the majority of UK landlords are and how they and um, that um, in in how we manage our portfolio. Yeah, so you're playing the eighty twenty game there a little bit. I get it. Um, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm conscious of time a little bit, um, James. So one of the things we talked about before we got into it, um, and I perhaps want to, we've touched on it a little bit, but we haven't gone into it in great detail, is is you know perhaps a use of uh, technology tools in terms of marketing or thinking about marketing, marketing our properties. Um, you've got some thoughts on that, haven't you? Yeah, I think there's a variety of things, and and. Um, to be fair, we do sort of whole webinars just on on the marketing side of things. I think what what will be helpful is um, what we've covered off um, uh, in, in in this session. Uh, we talked about various calculators that are useful to understand your financial picture. For example, mortgage interest relief really, really comes into play. Um, we'll, we'll share that with you so that um, everybody who's watched um, can can have a play with it um, in the coming days, so they can understand the effects of their business. Um, we talked about the rise of rent arrears. I see that becoming a bigger thing. Um, there's, there's a couple of uh, documents I'll share and flowcharts on how to evict the tenant, the processes you need to go through. 
more actually about trying to reach an amicable solution than actually going through the process. But I'll we'll share that with everybody listening today. But also on the marketing side, there's a, there's a really useful guide that we've got. And I suppose a few top line um, uh, data points to mention uh, that hopefully everyone can sort of just think and reflect on. Um, 92% of tenants are looking online for the next rental. Um, uh, over, over 50%, 56% in, is the actual figure of all tenants looking on uh, mobile apps to look for their next rental. Um, I recommend doing a search on the Right Move or Zoopla app yourself and see how it works. What you'll see is that 90 odd percent of the screen is taken up with images, and therefore, the photographs of your property is actually the shop window. It's what people see. And to avoid tenants um, swiping through to the next one and really utilizing that image to the best of your ability, having amazing photos, um, dressing your property, um, creating that show home look, and also using an, an SLR camera or a digital camera um, to make your images look amazing because clearly the screen quality of phones and iPads um, has gone up dramatically over the over the years um, that that's your shop window to make a you know make an impact in the two seconds as a tenant is flicking through so work that to your advantage and I think the final bit I'm going to mention but you know more of it is covered off in our guide um, is is, um, is is about how you create standout um, it's less about pricing it's more about standing out compared to all other properties on the market um, we started uh, talking about um, alerts on right or Zoopla and using them to your advantage. Mm-hmm. I, I would recommend everything we've been talking through to take all these considerations into account so that you can make your property look better, um, more impressive than any others on the market. So when tenants are flicking through, they choose yours to come out of the viewing for rather than anybody else's. Um, and, and I think finally, we need to remember and, and sort of reflect on that actually the physical viewing is more about confirming what they've seen online and to meet you, which is important. And the viewing has almost become an online experience now um, in the fact that you can do Google Street View and so on and so forth. We need to be putting a lot of effort into that experience because that is our shop window. Um, but a lot more about the guide um, that we will share with everybody listening to this podcast. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think the uh, I just just share with you, perhaps embarrassingly, a story. Um, my 22-year-old niece, I think it is, I think she's 22, might be 23, that sort of order. Um, she's saving up to buy her first house. And um, I said, all right, what are you looking to buy? And then she just whips out her phone and she just shows me. So, well, that one. <laughs> and it's it's the Right Move app and it's on her phone. And I'm flicking through the photos exactly as you speak. And of course, there she is. She's somewhere between, you know, millennial and Gen Z. Uh, and she's she's just looking at a smartphone. Of course, I'm, I'm pretty. You know, I wouldn't call myself tech savvy. But, you know, I use technology quite a bit, but mainly online. But it was the it was the smartphone thing. The 56%, you know, using smartphone to to view properties uh, stat that you just quoted it was a surprise to me. Uh, so, and I think there's probably more landlords, landlord investors who you know are not aware of this sort of technology. And I think it's a case of. I getting, think also is. Exactly. I think as well as how your property looks, uh, we also need to think, okay, so if people are using the app, they're probably doing it on the train on the way home on the weekends. And we know that 41% of all tenants are inquiring outside of office hours, which means when tenants do inquire about your property, whether that's 8 o'clock at night or a Sunday morning, uh, much to the annoyance of my wife, it's important to reply back speedily because they're in that zone of looking for their next rental. And it's really important to revert back whilst they're in that zone 
because the following day or in a few hours they might be driving or in a meeting or indeed got two or three other viewings already in their diary. Um, one shocking statistic um, uh, for you is, is I was asked to present at Right Moves Staff Conference talking about the future of the letting space. Um, it was in Milton Keynes and I mystery shopped 10 different agents on a Saturday morning when I was putting my um, slides together um, uh, just to get a feel for what the Milton Keynes environment was. Um, and I was absolutely, um, absolutely shocked actually. I'm, I, it's rare that I'm actually completely shocked. But what I was shocked by was the fact that of the 10 properties I inquired about, seven of those agents never came back to me. Mm. Um, they didn't email me, they didn't call me ever. And only one called me on that Saturday morning after a few hours when I was looking. Um, nobody else um, ever called me. Um, there was a couple of emails a few days later. Um, what an appalling experience. I think if we, um, you know, just because you may have been using Dave at your local estate agent for the last 20 years, or because you're using an agent that's cheap in your locality, I think there could be other considerations about are they open 24-7 because that's when tenants are looking for the next rental, and how quickly do they reply back to inquiries because um, if you don't reply speedily, they're going to go and organise viewings for another property, once it's three or four in their diary, it's unlikely they need to put any more in. And, and we, we need to understand the dynamics of the space and how it's changed what it means for us. And speed of response is, is yet another area where landlords need to up our game and, and revert speedily to when tenants inquire. Yeah, I totally agree. Use of technology and, you know, the, the users of technology expect that instant gratification. You know, a like on a Facebook post, you know, is the same as a, a response to a, an inquiry for a letter, for a room rental or something. Um, I'm wondering if uh, it was perhaps they knew who you were, James, that they didn't reply to you. But uh, um, to, yeah, I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure you, you wore a disguise when you when you contacted them. But that, that's perhaps a fitting point to draw draw a bit of a line. Is there anything else you wanted to say, perhaps, before we part? Or is there any way people can get hold of you? Or is there any glaring omission that you thought Richard can't leave without saying this? Yeah. So, so on on the test, I I, I didn't use my UPD messages or anything like that, but I, I'm generally just shocked at yeah. the response from, from, from traditional high street I think the world is dynamic um, because of that we do quite a lot of webinars. If you go to our home page, which is UPAD, U-P-A-D, UK, scroll towards the bottom, um, there's there's a variety of webinars coming up. Um, and, and if it's on at a time that you can't make it, still register because you'll send a, a recording of it afterwards to, to, to watch on catch-up, as it were, um, after the event. And I think um, uh, listening to podcasts like this, not just my own, but uh, but obviously all the others that you've um, you've, you've been doing um, over the recent months, uh, which, which I, I listened to myself actually over the weekend, um, it's really important to educate ourselves on what's happening in the space. Um, we just then need to reflect on, well, what does this mean for our own portfolio? And adapt accordingly. Um, and um, not to be passive to listen to stuff, we've got to react to, to what's going on as well. Um, I think it's an important aspect of this whole bit. Um, and those, those guides and calculators I'll, I'll, I'll share with you shortly so that uh, everybody listening can, can make use of Perfect. And I'll make sure those links are going to go in the show notes uh, when they come across to me, James. But I appreciate you listening, by the way. I think uh, I could talk to you for hours. We don't have that luxury. Um, I think the sort of whole education and learning piece is another topic, by the way. I might, I might do a, sp a special episode on that alone uh, because I think raising awareness and, uh, you know, being up to date and current is such a, a vital point. We, we, you know, dinosaurs died out. We don't want to be a dinosaur dying out. And um, here's, here's one for you. Uh, I know I may be in the 20% rather than the 80%. Uh, but I am actually looking for a, 
a, a really solid solution where I could self-manage even remotely. So I'm still in search of that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of um, pleased to see some of the technological breakthroughs and service offerings that are available to help me do that. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm kind of a bit like you. I want to have this. I went to see a tenant directly the other day. I had the ability to do it, and I did, and it was such a great experience, and we both uh, benefited a lot from it. So if I can do that more but use technology to my advantage, that would be great. So maybe that's something for your development uh, team, but more on the 20% rather than the 80%. I know that you're sort of maybe targeting it. But perhaps a no, draw indeed, a indeed. Draw line. I just want to say thanks again. I really appreciate you joining me on the show. Um, everything will be in the show notes. Um, it's a pleasure talking to you. Wish we had more time. But um, thanks, James. I really appreciate talking to you today. Likewise, um, and I hope everyone's enjoyed uh, listening to this podcast. Um, thank you very much for your time. And thank you, Richard, for inviting me on. It's much appreciated indeed. You're welcome, James. All the best to you and to you, man. Well, I don't know about you, but I always find it fascinating when people can support their opinion with facts or data. And James uh, was a real goldmine of statistical in insights throughout our conversation, I felt. Of course, James represents a business that operates in the prop tech space. So it was natural that we discuss some of UPAD's approach to the market and the benefits it and others like them have to offer. However, um, also, you know, picked up. We rather we also picked up some really useful insights more generally, and perhaps even more subtly at times as well. And here are some of the points I noted down after our conversation in summary. First of all, the world is dynamic, and we need to adapt to change. And this point came through loud and clear as we chatted. For example, James operated bank finance buy to lets even before the buy to let mortgage. He also mentioned Loot, if you remember, as one of the previous sources of tenant inquiries. Who remembers Loot? Is it still here? I don't think so. I'm certainly not aware of it if it is. Um, but he flagged some changing socio-political patterns, uh, among many other examples as well, which Paul pointed to our need to be adaptable. And second, we talked a little bit about incorporation or rent increases uh, but how they may not be the answer to our problems or the panacea to our problems. Section 24 should be well understood by this audience by now, I hope. However, the most spoken about solutions just might not work for us. I wrote about the It Depends alternatives for YPM magazine in the past, and so if you want a copy of that article, just drop me an email and I'll be happy to send it to you. But incorporation won't suit everyone. And simply trying to put up the rent might not be possible either. As James clearly outlined, with over 50% of uh, our competition not being affected by Section 24 at all, and, and a little nugget of a statistic he quoted was 30% of all landlords uh, last year being affected by rent arrears, which suggests perhaps some clear affordability issues in the rental market as well. Third, use technology as a research tool. And I like the way James explained how he signs up for rental alerts from the major portals in the areas where he has properties himself. And he uses it as an aid to know what's going on with his competition and therefore how he can adapt his own uh, positioning. Equally, technology, including this podcast, of course, and James's own webinars and articles, which you'll find over at his website, help us to stay abreast or even ahead 
of many of the dinosaur out there, uh, sorry, dinosaur landlords out there. Fourth, mobile, responsive and reachable is what is required now. And I'm going to quote James's statistics. 92% of tenants look for properties online with 50% oh, sorry, 56% of them on mobile. And of course, 41% of inquiries are being placed at evenings and weekends as well. So we need to be reachable and responsive to survive in this technological age. It cuts both ways, really. We need to be able to service a market that is using technology themselves. Fifth, we have some of what we need, but not all of it yet. New apps are available to help us. We've spoken about a few already on this podcast, but many of these are simply or elaborations of communication tools uh, in disguise to some extent. But what would really help us to a larger degree is some of the process automation for some of the work created by this increased or easier communication flow. But hold that thought though as I might just have some news on that in the very near future. Technology is emerging and developing, and whilst it is not necessarily 100% there just yet, there are solutions with us today, such as with UPAD, or hopefully coming soon, such as with automated payment histories with the credit reference agencies. So just be patient, these things are, are being rolled out and we'll see them soon. And the final point I noted down was, we need to create standout with our listings. So good tenants will always have a choice. So our job is to catch their attention, showcase our properties, and perhaps also ourselves in the process, and then respond in ways and at times that suit our customer, that's the tenants, yes, our customer, more than they suit us. Out of hours and rapid response is the new normal. So in addition to these key points, there were plenty of other nuggets uh, shared throughout a discussion. Equally, James kindly offered to share a range of resources, actually. Uh, I asked him if he's had anything he'd like to share with us. He said, let me have a think about it. And I think there was at least three separate types of resource that he referenced. There was some, some of the calculators, which you'll find over at the website. But there's a couple of extra bits and pieces, the uh, uh, how to manage a, a, a Section 21 eviction process. And also, uh, I think it's... Um, Yes, 11-page document that uh, helps us to stand out from the competition with our rental listings, which was a fascinating document to review. So just drop me an email and we can share some of those extra resources with you. But equally, if you'd like to know more about UPAD and their cost-saving online letting service, then go to the website, which is www.upad.co.uk. Or you can call them. Uh, that's the second guest in a week now who's talked about the ability to reach people in person. So I think there's something in that. So you can call them on 0330-021-8110, which uh, the number's on the website anyway, so you can pick it up from there in case I might have written it down wrong. Uh, and you never know, James could pick up the, the phone himself if you call on a Saturday, um, given his, uh, his love for immediate response. I'm sure he's got a good system set up to do that, though, so don't literally expect him to pick up the phone. I'm, I'm sure he probably won't be doing that, but worth a try. <laughs> so I, I've got a, a ver another very interesting discussion to share with you next week, in fact, uh, in this similar space, as I have a chat with one of the products of, of Pi Labs PropTech uh, Stable, uh, which is a, an incubator, a venture capitalist incubator. But more on that later. I don't want to spoil the surprise.
But for now, I'll close by reminding you that the show notes can be found over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net, or if you'd like to talk about anything from today's show, receive an intro into one of my guests, or just talk about property investing more generally, you can always email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'd be more than happy to hear from you, sometimes even out of hours. But once again, all I want to say is thank you very much for listening this week, and until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.